I know, and this is kind of an introduction to what we're going to talk about. I know, because I've watched her do it, she has much more in-depth conversations, and that's air quotes again, because there is no depth, with strangers. Uh And with me, I get, so how's the family? And I tell her, and I get this complete look of confusion. And then I generally get the hand dismissal wave, like, whatever. (laughs) That made no sense, so you must be... Which, of course, doesn't help. (laughs) It's like, I feel like saying, I'm sorry you can't remember who I am or your oldest granddaughter, who's 14 years older than granddaughter number two, who's the middle of the three grandkids. I'm like, that's when all those little childhood things come out and you just want to be like, Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get into today's helpful episode, I have a little favor to ask you. Can you make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review Fading Memories? This is the best way for new people to find the show, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. And also, pop over to the website feigningmemoriespodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter. Now that I'm into year two, I've got some exciting things coming out that I would like to share with you. And I don't always have to be yakking in your ear to do that. So if you do those two things, I'd really love it. Now on to today's show. With me today is Suzanne White. She is going to talk to us today about forgiving our loved ones so that we can care for them in a little happier state. So thanks for being with me, Suzanne. My pleasure. And it's a good topic. So tell me a little bit about how you... Yes, it is. Especially timely for me. Because as I was mentioning before we got started here, some of the things my mom does brings up childhood hurts. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But tell us a little bit about you and how you are in this this realm. This, this realm. I am in this realm because I showed up um to care for both my parents when it was obvious that they needed help. Um and I sort of jumped in and became their carer and decided that uh, since I couldn't find any, since there seemed to be no manual <laughs> to help me out, and it kind of was like overwhelming, like out of the box, that <laughs> if I made it through alive, I was going to um, help other caregivers care for themselves and share my, you know, some of the wisdom and the things I learned that helped me um, along the way. So I started a blog and I started a concept called the Caregiver Warrior. Um, I think we're all warriors. I think caregivers are major warriors and I want to do what I can to help other caregivers go through their journey easier. Well, I appreciate that. That's a little bit why I started the podcast. I actually thought, well, I've been on this journey for so long that I will share the knowledge that I felt people needed in the earlier stages. And then it morphed out of that little box into what it is now. And I've gained so much from this that it's just been a really great thing. And this is, 
the end of my 13th month. I started May 1st, 2018. So it's growing and I've talked to lots of really interesting people. So tell us a little bit about your parents and then we'll, and maybe if there's, I'm assuming the forgiveness part, you must've had to deal with that too. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, you know, my, and here's what's interesting because now my story is going to come from my memory right now. So I had wonderful parents and and I did have wonderful parents, but I had uh, a mom who was really difficult to deal with. And all of our, all of my life, we fought with each other. It was a cat fight constantly. Um, we just, we just banged heads, you know, and it was just, a lot of it was personality. A lot of it is some of the things that she was dealing with. I think she had anxiety all her life um, and the ways that she coped with her life. And given my personality and my response to that, we just, it was really difficult. And my dad, who was a World War II hero, um, wonderful man, he just sort of like shrugged his shoulder and left the room. You know what I mean? That was so, so caring for both of them. He, he got really sick, actually. Um, my sister lives in Florida and we would fly them down for the holidays and we would all meet for the holidays. And, um, my sis called me and said, uh, they just took daddy off an airplane. Um, he got so sick on the flight with mommy that, um, he's in, he's like in the urgent care. And I'm like, what? Cause he was, you know, this, I mean, he was, he was a rock steady, strong guy. And to make a long story short, he was caring for her. They were kind of hiding her symptoms because she was starting to have signs of dementia. Um, and then I think his heart was sort of, um, in addition to the stress, I think it, it, his heart was starting to go a little bit. So it was sort of a, uh, quick wake up call, uh, when they both started to decline and then uh, it was obvious that they needed help. And then I jumped in. So, or, you know what I mean? We make the decision and we make the commitment. I think care, we're born caregivers and I think we make the commitment to care and, my parents, um, my dad said yes right away. He wanted to help. And my mom told me to go back to New York and leave her alone. <laughs> so she didn't want any help. So, uh, you know, so I was like, oh, no, here we go. And it's funny because I just wrote a blog talking about, you know, because they talk about how difficult my mom was and how angry I would get and how frustrated I would get. But the bottom line of it was she really scared me, you know, like, you know, she scared me. I was really afraid of her judgment and the way she would come at me and that the way I, I, she would get to me and push my buttons, you know? Um, so I was, I was pretty terrorized. I, you know, I was in a panic when I had to care for her cause I, and it, it was not easy in any way, shape or form in the beginning. I mean, none of it was easy, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, I really got, I really had a hard time cause she was not happy. Mm. She was not happy. So, you know, I, I had to find ways to change my behavior because she wasn't going to change. <laughs> um, and um, in doing so, I, I found a lot out about myself and about my parents and about my mom and my relationship with my mom. So it was really the best thing that ever happened to me. It wasn't easy, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, my mom, my mom and my sister sound more like you and your mom. And my sister will take my niece okay. with her. My niece is 13 and a half, graduating from eighth grade next week. Hard to imagine. Yay. I, know. I was there when she was born. So kind of crazy. And so I think that, oh, you know, it's good for my niece to go with her and visit with her grandmother 
it's also kind of a buffer. It's a second person. So I'm not sure that they get any of that pushback. And my mom and my sister are uh-huh. very similar personalities, whereas I was much more like my dad. Mm-hmm. The one thing with my parents, and my mom was a little bit more verbal about it, is it never, ever seemed like whatever I did was not enough. If I had scaled Mount Everest the fastest anybody could do, it was been like, well, why didn't you do it faster? I mean, just, it wasn't ever really stated in those terms, but sometimes it was, and other times was just sort of felt. So maybe it was on me that I felt differently than they were actually feeling. They were not really good about complimenting you to your face. I always knew she was happy with what I'd done Mm -hmm. when we had our business together. If I heard her telling somebody else, she never said it to me like, Oh, that was a really great, I'm a portrait photographer. We had a studio together and I never heard, Oh, I really like what you did with this family or baby or high school senior or whatever, but she would tell other people. So that was always frustrating. And as we were talking before, before we formally started here, I'm kind of getting that hand dismissing wave, like whatever, when she doesn't understand my response. Like she'll ask about my family and I will tell her that my daughter's 27 and a half lives on her own. And when I tell her what my daughter's doing, I might as well be telling her that she's tap dancing on Mars. (laughs) What what I'm telling her makes no sense. So I get dismissed or if I try Uh to help, I get dismissed dismissed it's like see and i think that's ingrained you know and that's and that's part of the whole forgiveness thing and i think that's ingrained behavior for them in other words part of the painful side of it is that you always have expectations you know it's like like part of this whole forgiveness thing for me was that my expectations were always to get a thank you or to get her approval or you know, make her happy. So they're not, you know what I mean? So I, I think there's that expectation Mm -hmm. of, of their approval just in general. And, and if they're not, if that's not on their menu, you know what I mean? If that's a a personality trait, we're not going to get it. And yet there's this need, you know what I mean? Um, there's this need for me, I'm talking about myself. There was a need for me to, you know, to have, you know, Oh gee, thank you so much. You know, that wasn't, that's not on her menu. (laughs) So, so, so like the hand gesture, I would get the hand gesture too, but I was, I would get the same thing. I always get the white, my, one of the most famous things I can remember at the top of my head and talking to you is why you want to do that? (laughs) Yeah. My mom used to say that when I was, you know, a younger adult, I guess is the right phrase. Her favorite phrase was, well, if I had your money, I'd burn mine. And it's like, and it was all over choices. Like there are certain things I spend good money on computers, cameras, and then there's things I don't spend good money on because eh, I'm not going to keep them. I don't want to replace a computer right. or a camera or electronics every couple of years. That's expensive. Right. Right. But jeans, shirts, sweaters, whatever. Sure. I don't, I don't want to wear the same thing forever anyway. So. <laughs> and that was just frustrating because it was like, why can't you just understand that my choices are different, but logical and your choices are different, but logical. Right. That was that was not ever something she seemed to come to agree with me on. Like we can have different choices. Right. Doesn't mean you're wrong or I'm wrong. Just they're different. And like my daughter does not really like Mexican food probably because 
when we were young family, Mexican was always our go-to when it was like, oh crap, we forgot to defrost something for dinner because you can make things with hamburger really quick. And she's also got Crohn's disease, so spicy foods tweak her system. Right. So Mexican food, not so much. I love right. it. I go on vacation right. in Canada and I'm like, I don't want the f- local food. I want Mexican food. <laughs> so it's okay to have differences of opinion. It is. It is. It is. Not when they can't remember why. Right. right. Exactly. But again, I think it's for me, it, I, you know, what, for, what, I, what helped me was beginning to understand that she just didn't have the capacity to understand that she, she, you know, like I work really hard on my, you know, on me and I, you know, I had to learn that it doesn't all have to be my way. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the don't know that she was ever able or had the capacity mm-hmm. to understand that. Um, you know what I mean? So that makes sense. And when I think back, I know, my mom was the oldest of four, and so there was a lot of expectations from her parents on her to basically take care of the kids after school, and she was responsible for her younger sister and brothers, brothers and sister, a lot, according to my dad. My mom doesn't necessarily agree, but my parents met, I think my mom was a sophomore in high school, my dad was a junior so they met when they were still pretty young. So his, you know, in his opinion, he was not a huge extended family person. He didn't have a lot of use for him, including his own brothers. So I try to take that. A, I always took it with a grain of salt. Like you didn't like the way they structured their household and you didn't really like the way your parents structured their household. So I kind of dismissed it, but I kind of looking back, I, I've heard her say things that are like, oh, I bet you he was more correct than I thought all these years. Yeah, and it's like, it's sort of like a, you know, it's sort of like a pieces of a puzzle, you know, I mean, you know, you sort you know what I mean? You try, I mean, and I had, I, and look, you know, I, I went, I got a degree in psychology to try to understand what was going on, you know? So, you know what I mean? I mean like, you know, in college, but, and, and I had all the, like I would have pieces, the background and the history and all that stuff, which is all good. And it helps because anything, anything you can use or anything you get that allows you to sort of forgive their behavior or their past or your past with them works. So it's good to have the history, but it kind of wasn't until I was able to sort of think about her inability to feel comfortable ever. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I think she was anxious most of her life all the time. And I think, you know, and I have some anxiety, so I get, I mean, more so now than I used to, I get it a little bit more, but I was able to sort of see like, she's never comfortable. So she's always ready to explode because she's in pain all the time. Do you you know what I mean? So, and it wasn't until I started kind of putting that pieces and really like stepping back and watching her act out sort of like the way she did all her life with me, you know, that it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with her inability to communicate properly. Do you know what I mean? And, oh, and, yeah, totally. And I would just totally trigger something in her. I either made her nervous about something or she worried about me or um, something scared her. Or And then her go-to was anger. That makes sense. You know, or put down. You know, or, you know, it's blame and shame, we call it, you know, it's like blame and shame, you know, either you're not blaming me, you're shaming me, you know, I mean, it was that it was like, it kind of let her steam off. And 
you know, when you're little, you, you don't, you can't, you don't get that that hurts. I mean, it just hurts, you know, when you get a little bit older. And it was only until I started taking care of her that I was able to start to forgive her and have compassion for her. Um, and it was through the disease of dementia when I saw how confused and frightened she was, she became like a stranger as opposed to my mom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I would have been really kind to a stranger who acted like that, but it's because of my mom, I've got all this gunk and baggage I'm carrying around. You know, she's just, you know, I mean, and it's, and it's her gunk. She, you know, passed down to me, but it's like, I had to let go of it. Cause it was, she was, I, I had to be, I had to have empathy for her. And when I started to have a little bit of empathy, she didn't torture me as much. You know, like I was able to go, I was able to go, eh, <laughs> you know what I mean? In my own way and say, you know what? She doesn't mean that has nothing to do with me. She's just being snarly, put on some music. That makes sense. When I was there with mom on Monday, I brought a, a personalized playlist having talked to two different people, one directly related to music and memories and one, it was just part of the conversation because I've tried playing music from their era and it's just like, it just goes right over her head. She doesn't even seem to acknowledge that it's on. And so I thought, well, that's not working. I took a playlist of music that I remembered listening to as a kid with her mom. And I thought if I can remember the words to these songs, it's going to connect uh, with her. And when we were sitting there, she's tapping her foot and kind of moving uh, a little bit. And I'm like, so I just got up and started dancing, you know, uh, and she, I'm like, come on, dance with me. And I think she had a really good time and she didn't wow. seem to care. I mean, she didn't want me to leave at the end of the visit. You know, they yeah. started feeding them dinner and she's like, well, are you staying? Which she asked me that every time. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to go home and feed John. Cause that's, how she would respond if somebody asked her and she needed to go home. My dad was a terrible cook. My husband is not. Uh -huh. so he could handle himself if I decided to stay and have dinner with mom and he wouldn't care. You know, he might be a little irritated that, oh, you're not coming home. Oh, well, okay. But, you know, that would be the extent of it. So I, we had a really good visit. We haven't really had a good visit in the last couple weeks. So I was happy about yeah. that. But I, I think that's brilliant. You know, it's like taking two, I mean, you did two really brilliant things. You, you, you really went out of your way to find music she responds to, which I think is so important and great. And then you gave her something that she could understand or relate to, you know, and, and, and that's so wonderful because it, I, that stuff works. It's amazing. Yeah. She was smiling more. I mean, she seemed more animated and happier than I'd seen her probably in the last three weeks, previous three weeks. So I was, oh, wow. yeah, That's I, was awesome. I was happy with myself. And now that it's, you know, you're in New York, you guys have had warmer weather longer than we have here in California. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> Memorial day weekend was horrible. It was cold. It was boring. Like, hello, we don't get over an inch of rain in May. This is California. I'm complaining. Where's my, where's the complaint form for mother nature? It was awful. And I try to take her out of the residence. One, because uh, one of them okay. is always referring to me as nurse, nurse, <laughs> which I just, I just ask her what she wants. It's like, whatever. 
And then her friend, it seems to really stir the stress pot. So it's just easier to take her out, give her nice, you know, a different perspective. I mean, it's easy. We go to the regional park and we look at the mountain and the hills and (laughs) she loves it. But it's been so wet and cold. We haven't been able to do that. So, yay. Now it's supposed to be in the 90s on Monday. (laughs) We went from 69 to the low 90s in a week. It's what's predicted. So, Oh, my gosh. So in my family, sarcasm was like king and queen. So, you know, it's how, right? So it's how it's, you know, it's not even so much what you're saying, although they, she was always great with, you know, really getting the barb in there. But um, it's also the tone of voice. You know, you can get that tone of voice no matter what you're saying. It just just gets to you. And I really started watching my tone, not even what I was saying, but watching my tone and getting softer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she responded to that. That that was really like when I watched my tone of voice, even though we spoke to each other in the worst tones all the time. I, mean, I was younger and she wasn't when she was healthy using softer, more gentle tones and trying to be soft whenever I could, she responded. I'll have to try that because I usually try to go with happy and not excited, excited, but really upbeat. And I'm wondering if that might be overwhelming. It could be. A little bit. Yeah, it could be. You know, it's like an experiment, you know. It's, it's um, you know, and it's kind of fun to see what works and what doesn't, you know. It's, oh, that worked. And I actually, certain things with my mom would do something and I, you know, like talk really sweetly or just change the, oh, I know what happened. I came up with a phrase, oh, whatever you say, mommy, which I would never say in my life when I was younger, but <laughs> whatever you say, mommy, bam, it, it would, everything would stop. She would be, oh, okay. Like, or she wouldn't even give it to me. She would go, hmm, you know, and I think, wow. So I used that like until it was like, I, I said a thousand times because it was just that, or sure, it was just sort of that kind of letting them off the hook so that they don't, so that she didn't have to be abusive back to me. Like it, like, you know, it burst her balloon, you know? Um, I'm going to have to find the phrase that fixes my mom on that one because (laughs) she's really good at saying yes, boss, or yes, mom, which that just winds me up usually because I don't give, I don't give her instructions. I don't say, go do this, because that doesn't work. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm not laughing at you, your mom. I'm laughing at me with my mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. We sound like yeah. we have some similarities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, and I, and I kind of write about this in the book. So, my mom wore the pants in the family. I mean, she would just, you know, and, and God bless my daddy, let her do it. And he was grateful. And, you know, so... And, and, and we just banged heads. So for me to be the one that she had to like, like do things for or whatever, she was not having it, even as her dementia got worse. So no matter what I asked her to do and how I asked her, she didn't like it. So, cause I was the boss, I'm the boss. And it's just, you know, and I, I think to myself, it must have, and I'm a control freak. I mean, cause I learned it from her. So if anybody says to me, or tells me to do anything or how to do it, I am not a happy camper. And that's what was happening with my mom. So in trying to understand how difficult, 
having this disease was for her and how absolutely horrific it was for me to have to help her was it really helped me not to be as or try to be as gentle as possible because it just it must have killed her you know I can see that my dad was in charge although my mom had had does still has strong personality and she would do things the way she wanted and if it caused an issue with him she'd deal with that usually you know she ran the household he worked very traditional family and she did have her own business um she groomed dogs out of the house for a long till the till my sister was in high uh, junior high and Actually, I think she's in high school. Not that it really matters, but it was a long time. <laughs> and then she went and worked for a housekeeping company. And because of her experiences, she ended up being a supervisor pretty pretty straight up. So she was in charge of a lot of her own stuff mm-hmm. and the household, which is, oh God, that sounds just like me. It's like, <laughs> just had a, the light bulb went on. <laughs> Um, but my dad was definitely the boss. But when you said control freak, I swear my whole family is that way. Yeah. My sister, my mother, my dad was, yeah. my husband. Is- that's because what we, that look, that that's home for us. That's what, that's what you do. That's how we, that's what we learn. That's how we survive. That's what makes us comfortable. You, do you know what I mean? I mean, and, and sometimes it's absolutely great because we're really good at stuff and we can get stuff done and we're go-getters and we're type A's. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's good stuff with all that stuff but it can be and that's what we all do so you get two control freaks so it can be overbearing and if you don't have to even say anything it's body language do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean and i think it's an energy i think it's an energy i think that you can walk in a room and give off a certain type of energy and i think i believe that and i think dementia patients are really susceptible i think they get it you know what i mean i think even if they don't know what we're saying to them they understand if it's coming from a place of love and if, and if we're doing it with good intentions i really believe that um i agree right so i think sometimes you know when we're control freaks and we got to get and when i had to get stuff done and move along to the doctor and she was putting her nail polish on like all of her fingers you know what I, mean? I mean it was a nightmare for me and I had to really force myself and I didn't do it a lot but it, whenever I could to be in the moment and try not to boss her around or try not to even feel frustrated in front of her because she picked it up and it That's made her challenge. It, yeah it is a challenge but I'll tell you something, able to do it, it was easier because she could pick that stuff up. I was going to use another word there, but she can pick that <laughs> stuff up. You know, they, they, she, when, if I wasn't, I don't know if I, I'm, I, I'm into horses, you know, cause they're anyway, it's a long story, but, and man, they know the minute you get near them, if you're scared. And I, I, I kind of felt like my mom was like a uh, horse on two feet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I've, I've been around horses and I've done as a portrait photographer, I think I've dealt with just about everything, uh-huh. but the whole not feeling frustrated, that's, that's yeah. really tough because I tried to, like, she had a dental appointment probably about six weeks ago. So I make sure to show up 
extra early. I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, I'm here to take you to your dentist appointment. Oh, you are? Yes. I said, yeah, I thought I'd take you today. And she, so I'm like, did you want to brush your teeth before, we, before you go? Yeah, I probably should do that. Okay, let's go in your room and you can do that and I'll, I'll wait for you. So it's just like, you know, you have to like keep encouraging them on and on yes. and on. Yes. Yeah. And then she gets in the room. She's like, what am I doing? It's like, <laughs> um, you have a dentist appointment. I think you were going to brush your teeth. So it's like, you have to take a deep breath yeah. and, you know, and not speak in a frustrated tone, but right. I swear our body language must scream it. <laughs> so I try really hard not to. Yeah. And it's tough. It's really, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really, really tough. I mean, it's really, really tough. And I think that, you know, we don't do it perfectly and I think it's really hard, you know, and I think anything that can, you know, make you laugh or just go, Oh my God. You know, I mean, it's just anything you can do to make yourself feel better. Just it's a broken record and it is, it's really frustrating. And then you move forward and then, then you bet, then you're two steps back, you know, I think, and I think all of that is just part of the caregiving role. But I think kind of back to the forgiveness thing, I think when I was able to have empathy for her and most of our relationship, she really, I mean, I know she, I knew she really loved me. I just always wanted her to show it to me. And I don't know that she knew how to do that. So I just had to try to be with, you know, the mom I had. And, um, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, and how did you, how did you work towards, I mean, obviously you didn't just show up one day or wake up one day and say, okay, well, say I'm more empathetic. How did you move? <laughs> yeah. It's like, he didn't flip a switch. I'm sure. No, I, I didn't flip a switch. And I think I was working on it all the time and just, you know, like telling myself and having other people tell me, you know, I'll try to be, you know, try to realize she's really sick and suffering and, you know, how, how can you, you know, try to be more patient and, I think just constantly working on it. And then I did see her one day, I got a big cabinet refrigerator and doctor's appointments in it because my dad could still follow it. And, and she always loved to have dates in it. And she was just standing there pointing to a date and I could see she had no idea what it meant, you know? And, and, you know, here was my mom who controlled everything and had all the dates and took care of everything. And just the panic on her face just kind of smacked me in the head, you know? I mean, I think I was already working up to it, but then I was like, holy crap. She doesn't, she doesn't know what that calendar is, and she's freaking out, you know? It's like, and she looked like she was old to me, and it just something that happened for me. I'm like, you know what? You got to remember this moment because that's who she is, and if she were a stranger, you'd be really helping her and not giving her a hard time about anything, no matter what they did to you. You would just say, oh, well, you know, it must be upset. And you got to stop. You got to stop, like, losing it because um, she can't help this. And she's going she's gonna to die. She's dying. She's dying in front of you right now. And you're going to have missed this chance, and you're going to feel really crappy about it. And there are times where she's lucid. You better, try to, you better try to have some time with her. You know what I mean? And I think it was that conversation that I was having in my head. And I'll tell you, the, the thing that's amazing is on her deathbed, I don't know, I can't remember what I said to her, but I said, I think I said something to her, mom, like, you know, because I was really upset because she was really kind of not doing good. I said, Mommy, I'm really sorry you don't feel good, and I'm 
because my dad had my my parents died within seven weeks of each other. That's a that's a whole other conversation. But she never she never forgot that he had passed, and she, I knew she was just devastated, and and she had bleeding also. It was just a mess. And I said, I'm so sorry. You're so sick. You know, I feel so bad. And I did, you know, because I'm a kind person. We're caregivers. We're kind people. And she looked at me. She goes, oh, don't you feel bad? She said, I'm going to, you're taking good care of me. She said, and you've always taken good care of me. I have you. Oh. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what I wanted to hear from her all my life. At least you got it at the end. I got it at the end. But it was because I was able to have that conversation and really tell her, I feel really bad that you're so sick. It's breaking my heart. You know, I mean, I wasn't able to say that to her earlier in my life because she was, I was too mad at her. That makes sense. I, you know, I couldn't show her how upset I was or how vulnerable I was or do you know what I mean? I would never have told her that. I would have never shown her that side of me. Yeah. Cause it would put you at risk. It would put me at risk and make me vulnerable. Right. Exactly. And she would attack. And you know what? It, that's not true. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That's it. When you're vulnerable and open and, and loving, you know, there's a chance you might get it back. Yeah. I do get occasionally, not all the time, but we go out and every so often she'll tell me how much she appreciated, you know, oh, I so appreciate you taking me wherever. And, oh, I had such a nice day. And it's like, those moments are very, those moments are very, fulfilling because it's like thank you because that's I'm trying to give her moments of joy little outings she loves to watch children it's kind of now a funny joke the staff asked us one day oh where are you guys going I'm like and I said something to the effect of well we're gonna go see if we can go find some children to watch and then as soon as that sentence came out of my mouth I was like well that sounded pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they understood it, but I'm like, man, anybody yeah. else hearing that would be like, hello, <laughs> not emergency services. I think these people are creepers. That's um, funny. That you know, it's really kind of interesting to me that because just how you're describing her, that that gives her joy, which is probably triggering some kind of memory of her when you guys were little. Mm-hmm. There must have been a time, you know, when she really. That was wonderful for her, you know? Probably. You know, I always tell people she's a mom and a grandma, so it makes sense. And I've, when I watch her, like when I showed up this week, her back was to me and she was sitting at a table with other residents. And I was talking a little bit to the, to the caregiver staff and... They're like, well, first off, we've been letting my mom's gray grow out. So every so often, and I have like, I don't see great with, even with glasses on, I don't have 20-20 vision. So <laughs> I look across the room, it's like, I don't see her, but it's because I'm still processing that her hair is different color. And uh, I look across the table, I'm like, oh, there she is. And somebody says, that, I'm like, I'm going to stand here and watch her. Because one of the things that she does consistently is she's always wanting to help. If a another resident comes by and mumbles something that sounds like a problem or, you know, the typical, I got to get out of here. I got to call my daughter, blah, blah, blah. My mom will say, well, let me know if I can help you. So I'm uh, trying 
to observe enough behavior when she doesn't know I'm there so that I can hopefully work with the staff to just give her some of those little helper, you know, chores or projects like, you know, clear the table, like help your, help your friend over here at the chair next to you. Just, just to give her a little sense of purpose because Mm -hmm. at this point she's lost so much, you know, she can't do the, the crafts or the pro, you know, the, the activities. That's the word I was looking for. You know, she has zero clue what the season is. You know, I, and our season, we have winter and spring. You know, and it's wonderful that you're doing that. My theory is, is I don't right. want her to pass away and me to have regrets where I'm saying, well, I should have, could have, why didn't I do X? You know, it's like, I do the best I can. And there are days it doesn't feel like enough because she's just not happy or she's right. out of it. You know, whatever is going on with her. Right. And then there's days when she says, oh, I so appreciate this. I had such a good time. And it's like, oh, thank goodness. That's, right. that's the whole goal. We don't have to hike yeah. many miles. We can just walk up this one trail. You know, we can just appreciate the nature, the sunshine. Yes. We can go to the park and watch the children. Yes. <laughs> School will be out next week. That'll be easier. Yeah. yeah. We went to one regional park and fortunately she didn't say it very loudly, but it was, and this was interesting because this is a woman who, whose visual processing is shot. It's more shot now than it was last summer. But at one point we're sitting on the edge of this pool, watching the children play in the pool and it was hot. And she leans over and she goes, none of these children are white. And I'm like, Yes, none of that's pretty, yeah. Aww. And we live in a fairly white communities, but not 100%, just predominantly. And I was like, man, I'm glad she didn't say that too loudly. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting that, that she noticed. Yes, Because, yes. you know, but, and she would, she would talk about what the kids were doing and, and how much they were enjoying things. And she did have a memory this has been, a, a, ooh, I think it's been at least a year and about how it was a memory with her mom and I recorded it. So I have all that on in, in memoriam. So it's, you know, that's after my dad died and she moved into the memory residence, it dawned on me that if I yes. didn't continue to take photographs of her, she would essentially disappear yes. from the family history of photographs when my dad died. And I'm like, if she lives 10 or 20 years, that would be terrible. So I I was just thinking today, it's funny. So I was just thinking today about, you know, that I have no one to, you know, I was thinking about a distant relative and I, and I was thinking, Oh, I have nobody to ask, you know, like I'm the eldest of my sister, me and my sister. And I mean, and there's, they're gone, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, so I, and the thing that's, and and it's it you're right it, you know when when they do i mean even in the body language if they relax you know that's the payoff you know that's the payoff you know that that that's the caregiving payoff is the when they when they say oh you take such good care of me or thank you so much i had such a great day or just to see them relax i mean that's why we do what we do and the bottom line of it is we and i think you'll agree with me we do what we do because we care so much about other people and we don't want them to be hurt 
or scared or in pain or, you know what I mean? We do it because we want to make them feel okay. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's really, and there's such great intention in that. And there's such goodness in that. And, and, and even this work that you're doing and I'm doing, there's great intention in all of that. And if we can re- try to remember that, you know what I mean? All the other stuff is baloney. Do, you know what I mean? We're, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not easy, but it's when I have those conversations with myself that say, look, you know, you're not hitting the mark today. And that was a really squirrely, awful, snarky day. But you're doing the best you can. And you're doing it with love and in good intention. And you know what? It might not have gone the right way, but it's not on you. And it's really not on her. It really wasn't on my mom because she was doing the best she could. You know? You yeah, know? that helps to remember that, that, that they're, they're doing the best they can too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep that one on loop in my brain because it's, there's just times when it's like, oh. can't you just no they can't just whatever no no they can't and they're not easy you know they've never been easy so you know we're but it has nothing to do with us that was another great thing it had nothing to do her rage and what she would do and even when she would direct it at me i I was i I used to call it drive-by shooting (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like i'm just sitting minding my own business you know what i mean and like bam oh why did you i'm like oh my god but you know, they're doing the best they can. And I think that, and we're doing the best we can. And I think that, you know, that's what you got to just keep telling yourself. Um, and the other thing I'm going to say too, because I forgave her, doesn't mean I trust her. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, she could say something to me at any point, it, you know, it's like, so I don't, my, I had to lower my expectations and just say, you know, mom's going to be mom. And hopefully we can get through today you know, with more better moments than more like awful moments, you know? Yeah, that's definitely a good way to look at it. My struggle is my mom never, not to me anyway, don't want to encompass the entire world since I'm not privy to everybody else. She never admitted she had a problem. She never admitted she had Alzheimer's. I mean, she was not formally diagnosed with Alzheimer's until she was like mid stages. I mean, she, wow. she flunked the memory test brilliantly. Yeah. That's how bad she was. I mean, the whole world knew she had it before she was diagnosed. Yeah. And shockingly, it was three years after being rejected for donating a kidney to my dad and yeah. she was rejected for cognitive issues. So that's when oh. I thought she was diagnosed and it wasn't until three years later. So it's like, there's times when it's like I have learned this like four year degrees worth of knowledge and well, it's been about it's been more than a year of talking to people about this disease and their journeys and all this podcasting. And I get frustrated because it's like, why did you have to hide it? That didn't help yeah. anybody. You know, yeah. it was well, really but it, obvious. But then yeah, I just, but you know what? It helped her because my mom did my mom and dad did the same thing. Um, and I, and I just wrote a blog on that too, is that they did it their way. And you know what? They did it their way. And it's, it's very frustrating. And I used to be really angry with them. Um, 
about the whole thing and how she, you know, the doctor said to her once, you know, the problem with dementia is you don't remember you have it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? True. It's like, you know, it's like sort of this. So, you know, and I mean, we all laughed, you know, but, you know, it's like they hid it. And you know what? They had to hide it because that's what they knew. That That's what, that's what they knew. That's what made them comfortable. They were afraid. It's almost like, my mom held on to it because if she could hold on to it, then it wouldn't take over on her. Yeah, it makes sense. You know? So I get it now. In, in hindsight, I get it now. And you know what? They're entitled. I'm probably going to do the same damn darn thing. <laughs> no, because it really doesn't help them. No, I th- it, 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 does, dad- it does, doesn't help us. And it doesn't help them. They could hurt themselves. But... It, it, it I, let's put it this way. I understand it. Coming from my personality, I understand it. Well, there's a huge stigma that I think is very, very slowly going away with any mental health issues. You know, PTSD mm-hmm. or anxiety. We have a, mm-hmm. there's a person in our life that we like very much and she has anxiety and she talks about it. And it's like, I Mm -hmm. was not aware of anybody that had that problem because nobody ever tells me, you know, and you look at her and you think, uh, you don't seem to have any anxiety issues and she does take medication for it. And it's like, okay, great. Still like you. Doesn't change anything. You know, I, there's zero changing of opinion. And I think when people realize that, you know, it's just all the different, pieces of the people quilt i guess is a, yes. yeah, a strange that. way of putting it but no but that's great yeah i, I mean yeah i don't care if you if you have a good character i don't care anything i don't care your religion your ethnic background your sexual background i don't care about any of that some of it i don't even want to know it's like that's that's your character. thing but if you have a good character and you want to help people and you want to do your good job yeah. in the world. That's all I care about. And if you got some anxiety or, you know, my husband and I are Rotarians and we help raise money for a program yes. that treats veterans with PTSD. So obviously I couldn't be judgmental right. about that. And I've learned a lot about people with PTSD mm-hmm. and what triggers them. So it's mm-hmm. easier to say, Oh, okay. Wow. Fireworks and car backfiring. Yeah. It does sound like gunfire. Right. Right. So I'm right. hoping with more knowledge and less stigma that people with, mm-hmm. yes, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's will say, hey, and this is funny because my mom does say this now, my brain is not working the way it's supposed to anymore. And you're just going to have to work with me uh-huh. so that we can just keep moving forward in a positive way. But I think when you don't understand what's going on it's like and you know something's wrong but they don't say anything and we're afraid to ask like, what right. the hell's the matter with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i think you're absolutely right and and i think your work i think the more people talk about it and and yes it gets rid of the stigma because yeah it's just a difference it's just difference really you know yeah and 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 again it's this whole control thing vulnerability thing that i think is such a big issues with strong personalities. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like if, if, 
if I'm vulnerable, I'm going to die. And it's not true. You know, it's, it's, you can get help from people. And, you know, and that's the irony is that so many caregivers don't know how to get help for themselves. You know what I mean? And, and, and they're just like the people that are giving them a hard time, you know, for caring for them. You know I mean? It's very interesting. You know, it's, it's, I find it all really interesting and how, how people operate. And, um, we don't always operate in our own best interests too well. <laughs> no, we don't. But we're learning. True. <laughs> I've said for a long time. God's not done with this yet. If the, ne- the, the upcoming generation, like my daughter, if she'd learned from my mistakes and I'd learned from my parents, was like, just think how great humans would be. <laughs> My, my, oh, we'd be perfect. I mean, like all these generations, 2,000 years or whatever of people. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, we could solve all kinds of problems. But somehow we're not wired to do that. It's funny. Yeah. We have to make our own mistakes. Yeah, I don't know why we have to learn the hard way. Gosh. And it's. I know. And I really, I got a hard head. I got to really learn the hard way. Um, I Ooh. don't. I mean, I have, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to self-assess on those. Um, I try to be flexible, but if I if you're not flexible back, I start pushing back. So <laughs> good for you. Sometimes <laughs> that's like that one's a shout out to the hubby. Like, uh, <laughs> I two self-employed people, chaos. I mean, our whole life has to be flexible, and a lot of times it's perfect. You know, it works well for us, and then it doesn't work well, and it's crazy. But we're trying. We're trying. and Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a caregiving class. It's designed more for people who are actually caring for their person. Good for you. Um, in like full-time like you did, not somebody like me whose mom's in a not, not facility. not the right word. Residence. Um, right. But I'm still learning. And one of the things I'm gonna, I've been mentally writing in my head yeah is the more knowledge you get, especially earlier on, I think the easier this path will be. And it's never going to be easier. I mean, it'll be, it's never going to be easy, but it will be slightly easier if you have a little bit more knowledge because she and my dad dealt with each other. He dealt with her. I tried to help and got pushback. Um, and, you know, and he, he muddled through pretty well, but I, I never had that moment like you did where your mom was staring at the calendar wondering what the heck it was. I had to kind of figure out how bad she was once she didn't have him as yeah. a buffer. Yeah. And that, that took uh-huh. time and. It, Got it. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, it, yes. it changed a lot. And because I thought she was a little less far along than she actually was prior to his, you know, he kept it, he kept it pretty t- buttoned up. Got to, got to hand it to him because he was chronically ill, had all kinds of issues, but he had zero patience mm. with her. I don't know. There are times I worried because I was like, she frustrates him so fast and so hard. Yeah. It's a good thing that he was never prone to any kind of violence yeah. because I did worry. And there was never any evidence of that, thank goodness. But he was resistant yeah. to help. And I yeah. and that's everything I've learned. You you gotta get your yeah, village yeah, around yeah. you, you gotta get your support team. And the more knowledge, you know, it's like 
no, nobody's moms are the same with this disease, but there's enough similarities. You're like, oh, okay, hey. And I learn a little tidbit every time I talk to somebody. So hopefully the listeners get the same thing. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Because, yeah, knowledge is power, you know? I mean, yes, and it helps because all of a sudden you'll go, oh, uh, oh, gee. I, and, and something that you hear someone else say, especially caregivers, you know, you don't think, oh, that's not, that's not in my world. It is, you know, like it'll crop up and go, oh my gosh, somebody just said that to me. And there it was, you know? So yeah, getting the word out and, and just to go full circle on all of this is, you know, thank you for your work because it really makes a difference and we have to keep doing it. You know, I mean, I know how, you know, it's just that we just, because there's, whenever I sort of feel like, oh, you know, I really don't want to write that blog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or oh, I do that, I'll get it like a, somebody will tweet something or I'll get an email. It's almost like, you know, the universe is saying, keep going, you know, because people really, for everyone that tells us, there's like 50 behind them that don't say anything because, you know, caregivers are quiet because they're too busy. Yeah. Yeah. Just about the time I start going into like pre-panic, like, oh my gosh, because I have a tendency to record a whole bunch of episodes and then edit okay. them as necessary and it works okay because the one I did last week the guy kept postponing so if I had gotten in oh. the bad habit of like recording us today as a Friday releasing on Tuesday yes and you had something yes. come up today I'd be in trouble yeah so but I have a tendency to stack them up good and for you he, and then I start realizing like oh my goodness my my pipeline is starting to empty out I start panicking <laughs> Somebody will contact me with, oh, hey, you want to collaborate on this idea? Or, you know, it's like, oh, whew, okay, I don't yeah, have to go through my link. Yeah, it's like a universe, you know? you know. It's like, you know, you know, block me or guide me. It's like, you know, yeah, there's little, little, little universal things happen that to telling you you're doing the right thing. Well, what is the web address of your blog so that people can get even more information? Well, thank you very much. It is caregiverwarrior.com. That's easy enough to remember. And I will definitely link it in the show notes so people can just click the little hot link and go right there. And you call your caregivers warriors. I call mine superheroes. Yes. I love that. That's great. I had a past, past guest that said, you know, caregivers are like superhero angels. And I, I think I've put it on all three of my social media accounts, but I actually had a caregiver superhero designed two different designs I love that. It's one of them is, it's so cute. I can't draw. That's why I'm a photographer. I draw stick people. <laughs> and my daughter, who does have a Bachelor of Fine Arts, Ooh. but it's in video game design, she can't draw people either. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay. So I, and it took three tries to find somebody that could do what I wanted. And because it's, it's, you know, it's hard to pass on the, like what's in my head? I knew right. what I wanted in my head, and so I had to describe it in words. And what came out was really cute. Oh, so. that's adorable! Let me know because I'll put it on the website. Okay, I'll send I'll send you a copy of it because it's really cute. The guy did a really good job. Oh. My goal is to have like a merchandise shop. Yes, so that people can get their little caregiver superhero on a bag. I don't think they'd probably want, if you want a t-shirt, that'll be an option, but I'm thinking mugs, bags, yes. practical things. Well, when, I'm still, well, when you're ready all, for all that, let me know. Okay. I'll, I will do that. I'll, I'll link it. Awesome. It's so much fun. Well, this has been terrific. Oh, it has I, been. I, I Thank did, you so much. 
Thank you. I and see once again, I got stuff out of this. Me too. You know, my mom. My mom frequently says, "Well, my brain just doesn't work very good anymore," and it's like, <laughs> I think you didn't ever admit that in the beginning, but now, no. and I always wonder, is that because she knows, or just it's just a a statement? Yeah. Sometimes I wonder. I, um, I wonder too, and just you know, I think I think as they cope and as they go through the journey, I think. I think things, ha- you know, they, they say things and they admit things, you know. That's a good point. That sounds like a great place to end. All right, love. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. And you have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for tuning in. I want to remind you, if you need help right this minute, you have a question you need answered right now, you can contact the Alzheimer's Association 24-7 hotline. Their phone number is 1-800-272-3900. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. Coming up in just a sec is a promo from another podcast that you might find helpful. It's called Ang Zenity, and it's about a gentleman who's been through all types of mental health struggles and how he managed to come out the other side. And it's a way for you to find ways that you can do better with your mental state. And I know caregivers need that. So I hope you enjoy. And if you like it, give it a listen. Do you or someone you know struggle through life with anxiety-related mental disorders? Ever get that feeling that you are one of the few? I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Take a journey with me as I talk about key points in my past and how they may have led to me being diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorder. After which, we will talk about different ways to tone down the anxiety and maybe even beat it together on anxiety. The easiest way to remember the name is by thinking about how one searches for a state of zen in the midst of the anxieties of life. My name is Gerald, and I'm the host of Anxiety.